Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. Amen. Good morning, uh, church. Uh, for those who do not know me, I am uh, Pastor Yogi. I'm one of the pastors here at, at uh, uh, Hope Church Toronto North. Um, so the, the title of the message, as you saw on the screen, is Being Confident in God. And our scripture reading today will be from uh, Psalm 77. So um, when you get there, say, I'm here, or amen, or something. Um, <clears throat> it's in the pew in the Bible in the front of you, uh, there's a pew Bible, it's right, Psalms is right in the middle of the, of, of the Bible, and you can find 77. So I'm going to read the Psalm for us. Confidence in time of crisis f- for the choir director, according to Jeduthun of Asaph, a Psalm. I cry aloud to God, aloud, and he will hear me. I sought the Lord in my trouble, day of trouble, my hands were continually lifted up all day, all night long. I refused to be comforted. I think of God. I groan. I meditate. My spirit becomes weak. You have kept me from closing my eyes. I am troubled and cannot speak. I consider days of old, years long past. At night, I remembered my music. I meditated in my heart and my spirit ponders. Will the Lord reject forever and never again show favor? Has his faithful love ceased forever in his promise at the end of all generations? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has, his, has he in anger withheld his compassion? So I say I am grieved. At the right hand of the most hand changed? I will remember the Lord's works. I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. God, your way is holy. What God is great like God? You are the God who works wonders. You revealed your strength among the peoples. With power you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The water saw you, God. The water saw you. It trembled. Even the depths shook. The clouds poured down water. The storm clouds thundered. Your arrows flashed back and forth. The sound of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Lightning lit up the world. The earth shook and quaked. Your way went through the sea. Your path through the vast water. But your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And blessed is the name of the Lord and his word. Let's pray. Father, there's much for me to learn, even as you speak through your word through me. Lord, there are 
people here that would need to lean on you deeper, stronger, as they need to gain confidence in who you are. Lord, we have a brother from the Old Testament times, Asaph, teaching us. We pray that we would learn well. And as we have come into these doors, we would leave changed, all of us, Lord. And those who do not know you, do not call on the name of Jesus as their Savior, will do so today. Lord, we pray that you would prick their hearts and open their eyes. Open our eyes deeper, Lord, as we seek to learn from your spirit and from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 77 is, uh, is one of the poems that Asaph wrote. And these poems, these psalms are also prayers written. Most of them were written by David. Some were written by Asaph. Others were written by uh, other people. So Asaph here, as you heard in 77, is crying out to to the Lord in a very, very dark time in his life. He's wrestling uh, deep with his own beliefs of who God is and in in the light of his despair. You'll see how Asaph gains confidence in the Lord. Asaph reflects on Israel's distress in their slavery in Egypt and God shows up. In my prayer, my prayer is this for all of us, is that we grow confident in the Lord in the midst of whatever we are experiencing. If that is your desire, then you definitely have come to the right place and time. Asaph wrote the psalm as a result of his own personal suffering. His confidence in the Lord comes from a, a much larger story. We'll go into that in detail. It wasn't the result of his experience only, a reality that was larger than his own personal one, although it surely impacted his own, his own story and his own suffering. Asaph's reflection on the greater story also helps, uh, helps him in his own growth with his relationship with God. It is similar for us on this side of the cross. Our larger story is the salvation that God bought for us through his son, Jesus. That is why we as Christians can be confident in the Lord. So when Asaph, when he says, I, when I cry out in times of distress, when you and I cry out in times of distress, Asaph is saying to us, he hears us. And he hears us, he says that off the get-go. So if you look at verse 1, he At the bottom, the three last three words of verse one, will hear me. Note the cry is is to God. The reference and the plea is to the person of authority. The cry is going to reveal who Asaph really is trusting in, right? The psalmist is calling on God. He is putting his own... He's putting his sorrow and his distress before the one who knows he's going to hear him out. Hence the words, right? He will hear me. Will hear me is a confident tone that God has heard me before and God has heard his forefathers before him and he will hear me now too. Note verse 13 and following. 
the nation of Israel is struggling and uh, he is enumerating the things that God has done, that he is holy and that, his, that he works wonders. And verse 14, your, he shows and reveals his strength. Verse 15, his power is revealed. To who? To Jacob and, and, and Joseph. So I can show you one of the things that Asaph was talking about in, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. This is what God is saying to the nation of Israel as, as Asaph ponders how he has heard him. Listen to this. The Lord said, this is to Israel, that God is speaking to Moses right now in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and I have heard them cry out because of their oppressors. I know their suffering. And so God is, Asaph is saying to us, when I say to you, Myself, and I, when I say to you people that he will hear, this is the reference that he's putting out. This is the greater story that Asaph is reflecting to, that God heard, the, these, uh, heard, heard his people, heard Israel. Asaph is looking far back into the past when God had heard Israel. Could he have chosen? Could Asaph have chosen another time when God had heard the cry of his people? Asaph could have chosen to look back into the many battles that King David had or he, or he himself in his own personal life had. Choosing to reflect on one of the greatest events generated a tremendous amount of confidence. Being enslaved in Egypt was a dark time for Israel. They cried out to God. God said, I have heard your plea. And so this is what Spurgeon says about, about this particular psalm. Listen to this. Spurgeon says about, about the psalm, if you are not in a place of suffering, consider yourself blessed. Because Asaph has gone through difficult times so we can learn from him. And that's why it's penned in in the book of Psalms. For we will have trials at some point. Remember what Jesus said? In this life, you will have trouble. It's a matter of when. Like Asaph, we can always look back at the time when God revealed himself to us. We who are believers in Jesus see this in our own lives when we first recognized our own sin. What does the Bible say? The Bible says we were dead in our sin, recognized that we were desperate in need of a Savior. He heard our cry, and he helped us to see Jesus and his free offer of salvation, right? So he offered, he gave us that because we were desperate. He helped us see Jesus and his free offer of salvation. When you, when you are in a difficult time, when you're between a rock and a hard place, when you're between a sword and a wall, cry out to God. Cry out to God like blind Bartimaeus in, in the Gospels. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus heard and stopped. Like blind Bartimaeus, who was heard, so will we. Like blind Bartimaeus, his cry, and like Asaph in this psalm, in times of distress, the first response is, that cry is, what kind of response is that cry? That cry is prayer. 1 Peter 3, 7 helps us. 1 Peter 5, 7 helps us and tells us, reminds us, casting all our cares on him because he 
cares for you. Amen. The longer we wait to reach out to God in prayer, the longer we will be anxious. Amen. What Asaph is telling us is every time we choose not to pray, we are refusing supernatural help from God. Let me read that again. What Asaph is telling us, that every time we choose not to pray, I call Marv on the phone, hey, I broke my wrist before I choose to pray. We are refusing supernatural help from God. So Asaph is teaching us this. From the, from the first verse get-go, he's teaching us this. Jesus, in his time, in his great distress in the garden, prayed to his father. When God says, so you may be asking the question, so Pastor Yogi, will this, will this be an immediate relief when I pray? The answer is sometimes. And yes, but when he says no, he's still working behind the scenes. When God says no, does he say, I don't care? No, he doesn't say, I don't care. He's saying, I've got a better direction for you. He's saying the answers he gives are always for our own maturity to mature us in Christ. The answers he gives are always aimed for deepening our walk and our trust in God. Asaph reminds us that God hears when we pray. But he also wants us to remember that it's not just him hearing us. This is not like a bartender where you go and, and uh, just uh, unload on the guy and he hears you. This is God. He just doesn't hear. And you get this sense that he has heard me. No, he acts. Right? He acts. So when I am anxious at times of, of distress, God is, God is surely leading me. And we can see this. Asaph reaches into the Exodus account of Egypt to show us that God has heard their cry and he did something about it. Take a look at verse 20 if you got it open. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So here God is acting out what he has heard. He, he's wanting to help, right? Verse 20 gives us a picture of God as a shepherd. God is present though unseen. How is he present? God led his own, own children through Moses and Aaron. The presence of God unseen, yet tangible through Moses and Aaron. So we can, I can give you an example of that in our, in our own life. Mina has, in the past and some, to some degree, continues to experience pain throughout her entire body because of rheumatoid arthritis. As we prayed and looked for God to lead us, he provided us physicians and other means that guided us through the process that was brought considerable relief for her. I'm giving you this example to remind you, to remind myself at times, God never leaves us or forsakes us. He hears and he acts. He's, his leadership is through Moses and Aaron. His provision of 
for Mina and myself was wise, wise uh, physicians and, and other information that Mina studied on, right? It's a, it, this is a reminder that in the trials of life, God is there with, with us, with you, with me. This is why no matter what comes, we can be confident in the Lord. He will hear when we cry out. He will lead you through others as he brings others alongside and he will provide you in, in amazing, surprising ways. You can see that in the lives of the children of Israel when they were trying to get out of Egypt. Surprising ways, ways that they didn't expect. We see it when we, when we think about the Egyptians leaving Exodus, right? We left, they left. How did they leave? They left like they just won a war. Like they left with a whole bunch of booty. They left with joyful song and then they ended up right in front of the Red Sea. So the challenges came. But that's life, isn't it? Challenges will come. There is mountains and then there is valleys in our lives that will, that will keep us tested, keep us firmly close to the Lord, relying on him. We will have full of days of smiles and, and weeks filled with great anxiety. But he's there. Think about how anxious the Israelites were when they, were, then they had to cross the Red Sea. It was a frightening for Israel, walking on dry land. Remember God said to Moses, this is dry land, with a wall of water on each side, feeling anxious that, the, that they might just collapse on, on them. They had nowhere to go. Behind them was the whole Egyptian army. The level of anxiety was not comparable to their own slavery, greater than their previous cry of help from slavery. Death was now knocking at the door. They had... They had left victorious. Now they're faced with possible total annihilation. But God got them through. We can be confident in our God. And something that grows our confidence in him is in remembering his character and who he is. And Asaph highlights his character as he reflects on, on what God has done. Take he reminds us that God is powerful. Verses 13 and 15 are going to show us that. I'm going to read it. God, your way is holy. What God is great like God. You are a God who works wonders. You revealed your strength amongst the peoples. With power, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. God's holiness shown by how he defeated the idols of Egypt. His power was displayed as he defeated Pharaoh. So holy and powerful he, is he that the waters of the Red Sea saw him and trembled. It is right here. Take a look. Verse 16. Startling. It just personifies what the waters, the created order is like. They trembled right to the bottom depths, so much that they parted. They experienced God's power through Moses. Remember, each Israelites experienced God's power through Moses. Moses said it to the people of Israel in Exodus 14, 13. This is just showing you what God's power is like. Right? The sea just parted. Well, how? Well, God chooses somebody to come into that, in somebody who he chose, Moses and Aaron, to come into that. Just like when you were saved, somebody shared the gospel with you. Similar. Take a look. At Exodus 14, 13. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation, says Moses. 
Then God said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it so Israel can cross on dry ground. You can continue to see his power as you might imagine the thunder and lightning that, you can, that is uh, shown in verse 17, culminating the waters collapsing and drowning the Egyptian army. So that all, us, all that verse 17 is saying to us is like this thunder and lightning from God's power is just bringing down the waters right onto the Egyptian army. In that way, Asaph helps us, reminds us that God is faithful. He is faithful to his children. He told Moses that he was going to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He gave them all of the instructions, and he is continuing to prove his faithfulness. Take a look at verse 11 and 12. What does Asaph remember? And he's asking us to remember. He's asking us to remember the same way Asaph is remembering here. Verse 11 and 12. I will remember the Lord's works. Yes. I will remember your ancient works. I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. We see here in this part of the psalm, Asaph has turned in his distress and fixed his heart on this God who is faithful. He could have drawn on a, with the wonderful deeds of God apart from Exodus. Asaph finds his strength and hope in, in his recounting, remembering all that God has done, primarily the Exodus from Egypt. Asaph was appointed by King David to be in charge of worship. He could have been aware of many times, even the Psalms that David would have penned, many times where God had led Israel. David and himself too, Asaph himself too, and yet he chose to rely on this one single account to fix his gaze on Yahweh. This one single solitary great and majestic and most powerful account and fixed his eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and all these things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. As he reflects greatly on the reality of the exodus, he gains confidence in, in God's leading. Asaph's story of suffering now has a place in God's larger story, and that this unchanging God heard the cry of his own and then le and led them so he will do the same for you and for me. Asaph can say, God is faithful. So can, so can we. So say it with me. God is faithful. Come on, guys. God is faithful. God is faithful. Amen. Like the reality of Exodus of Old Testament saints, the Christian's reality is the good news of Jesus. The Exodus pointed to a fuller truth of the gospel. And we saw that, right? We can see that in Exodus. The fuller truth of the gospel that the Exodus pointed to was the blood on, on the doorposts of, of the death angel that came and destroyed all the firstborn. And there's many other issues, that many other events that happened in Exodus that point towards Christ, including the, the man on the scene, Moses, pointing towards Christ. So for the Christian, our 
Our exodus, if you will, is from our sin, and, and it's the gospel. The exodus pointed to this fuller reality, this fuller truth of the gospel. So, what do we do? We do what verse 12 says. I will reflect what you have done. I will meditate. So, I'm saying to myself and to you who are believers, cling to the gospel, cling to the cross, muse on it, meditate on all that Jesus has done for for you and what the gospel offers. Primarily a faithful God. All of the things that the gospel offers is now, Asaph is instructing us to do the same that he is doing by reflecting on, on that great exodus that he is reflecting on. Our exodus is from, from, the, from sin and from desperation of, of having no salvation and clinging on to Christ. And in this distress, when you are in distress now, this is the time that we can reflect on what God, the faith, our faithful God has done through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He reminds us, Asaph reminds us that God is, so he is, he's powerful, he's faithful, and he also reminds us that God is omnipresent. Big word for saying always there. Take a look at verse 19. Your way went through the sea and your path through the vast waters, but your footprints were unseen. Scripture is so vivid with such few words. God is with them because Moses is leading them out, right? And he is saying that I am with you. See, I am walking through the vast waters, but my footprints are unseen. God is present and yet unseen he tell, Asaph tells us his deeds and shows us that he's totally there protecting his people even though they are filled with anxiety crossing the Red Sea. Your way through the sea and your pathway through the waters so the Lord is there. He led them through the, through the other side. Did you get that? He led them through the other side. From the one side of the Red Sea to the other side, they were filled with anxiety. Remember, they left Egypt dancing and singing. They were standing in front of the Red Sea. He opened the Red Sea. They were still filled with anxiety walking on dry land because they were scared stiff. They had never seen anything like like this before, right? They had never seen anything like this before. This was like totally new to them. And so they were filled with anxiety and he, and he still led them to, to the other side. This wasn't the promised land for, for them, right? This, the, he was there, he was there for Israel in their journey through the Red Sea. And so Jesus is there for us in our, in our journey, in, in our despair. We will... We live in this, in this now and yet not yet reality. The now is the fact that we are children of God. We've sang about that. We belong to him. We are blood bought. He has put his Holy Spirit in us. We belong to him. That's the now reality. That'll never change. No one can take us out of, out of his hands. The, 
So we are justified. And the other now reality is his, his continual presence through the, through the Holy Spirit. The not yet, similar to Israel that Asaph is recounting for us, is that they were not in the promised land yet. And so they had to still trust God. They had great anxiety coming through that great channel with the waters on the both sides. And God brought them to the other side. And so God will bring you to the other side. God will bring me to the other side. And this is not just for the way down the future. This is also for the now. Remember, I just recounted to you a story for for you to to hold on to that Mina and I have gone through. God will provide. Sometimes the answers might be a lifetime no, but we have to recognize that that no doesn't mean I don't care. It means he cares. Take, listen to this. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. If you haven't underlined this, you need to underline it in your Bible. He did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us all things? The argument is from the greater to the lesser. The greater is our salvation. The greater is the fact that he's forgiven our sins. The greater is that we are children of God. The greater is he is that we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Everything that he owns, we will own. The greater is that we can call Jesus our Lord, our brother. That's the greater. He, Romans 8, Paul verse, Paul says here, if he gave you that, how much more will he not give you all things through him, right? Like the children of Israel that were brought out of the Red Sea on one side to the other, so he will, you and me. The other side was not the promised land, right? There is still a journey ahead of them. There's still a journey ahead of us. For us, our promised land is when we see Jesus face to face. And scripture says, we will be changed as a twinkling of an eye. And though Jesus himself is God, is leading us to that promised land. He is the shepherd, now leading us by his hand, his Holy Spirit. Our God is a God who hears, leads his people. Let's walk in that confidence in his power and in his presence. Son, do you want to come up? Let's pray. You want to stand up so we can get ready to sing again? Father, we acknowledge your word that shakens where it needs to, opens our eyes where you have desired it to and where you have ordained it to say, to, to, to send it, Lord. You have said in your word that your word doesn't come back to you void. Lord, we want to receive it as it comes back to change us. We, those who are of us who are believers, want to receive it as, as a word from your Holy Spirit so that it would bring deep change into our lives. Lord, we pray that we would be like our brother Asaph, that we would muse, that we would meditate on that which is our greatest gift from you, your son, your beloved son and his gift of redemption. Father, we thank you for that. 
And now we know, Lord, that many of us, as we leave this, this, these doors, will be uh, entering into a battle that is already won, Lord. There are many battles out there, daily ones related to things that only you know of, Lord. Hearts and minds that are full of anxiety, lives that are torn apart. Yet we can say this thing, that you have already won this battle. And for that, we are forever grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.